morning puja, puja, quality of uh, offering praise to that which is worthy. No, the uh, the uh, objects of puja are first of all established in a sort of semi-external way, that is there's candles, incense, shrine, images, Buddhas, so forth. It's these objects are there to create a particular resonance of the sacred, and Buddha, sacred in a human form. So, the human being. Sitting, standing, reclining, walking, something very ordinary in a way. And but Buddha as that which is composed, collected, peaceful, dignified, grounded in this humanity, awakened through it. So the establishing the object, there's a particular resonance that occurs if we wisely attend to that object, give proper attention, due attention. And to amplify that quality of, of wise attention, deep attention, we establish particular qualities of intention, that is to, to offer, to open to, to dwell upon, to take in, to give a little more than just a a thought, to give our voice, to give our breath, to give our bodies, to bow, to make offering. So it's it's a very embodying action. It's attention, a particular intention carried through in an embodied way. And it gives you a sense of the dimensions of embodiment. So this is not just about physicality, physical flesh, bones and so forth, but a particular voice, breath, movement, a certain gestures, of embodiment. So it's something that's obviously has physicality to it, also has a certain uh, handling. The body is, is, uh, we sense this energy as we vocalize, as we breathe in and breathe out. And we also experience that as something kind of anonymous. It's not really, it's subjective. It's certainly felt here subjectively, but it's not a social person, is it? It's not my personality. That may be there, of course. But the fundamental quality of the offering and the respect in the sacred is call it transpersonal. 
it's a resonance, it's a, a note that we can all strike. And as we do so, there's a sense in which that uh, collective quality also is felt. Mm. <coughs> the collective embodiment. And Whereas thinking tends to set us apart into our separate conceptual uh, boxes, uh, shared embodiment doesn't mean physical contact, though it may do, but this time it doesn't even require that. It's just everyone bringing forth particular resonant energy through their bodies and there's something shared and amplified by that. We amplify each other in this embodying way. This is the beauty of group uh, practice. Group puja is a lovely way to do have group practice. Yeah. And in fact, without that sense, what tends to happen is we carry our separation into the room and there's, she's coughing, he's sniffing. Why is that guy have to sit in front of me? Why, you know, there's the, <laughs> the, con- the conceiving, we carry our boxes in, set them on the seats and, you know, get out, like, I don't want my box to touch your box. Because <laughs> those boxes, they're quite tender and painful actually. And they're edgy. They're they're sensitive and they're edgy. And how lovely just to empty one's box. Doesn't matter if your voice is that good or croaky or squeaky or whatever it is, doesn't matter. You empty it into the group voice. They all like the. Different droplets entering a river, eventually the river just sweeps it along. Doesn't matter. And that uh, it's a lovely release into that. Doesn't matter. Just just let it flow. <clears throat> so there are particular textures in, in puja that are, are, are very supportive. One of the the atmosphere, it's generally soft. It's it's kind of gentle, sustained, soft, gentle resonance. And the resonance is kept visual, it's soft light, candles are not glaring, sound is moderate, uh, isn't rocking. <laughs> it gently swells and sways. And it's kind of a subtle inflections around the monotone. But there is tonality to it, just for gentle risings of uh, semitones and half notes and quarter notes. Uh, So there's a softness to that. Puja. It's not exciting, but it is certainly resonating. And that's an enormous uh, fundamental quality of, of Puja. 
the resonances. <clears throat> and um, this is a, a, a really useful texture to, to, to home in on. Because we tend to conceive of distinct hard surfaces and a rather flat world of, of objects that are just an object, it's a thing. Yeah. And here am I a thing, and there's that thing. And then what kind of relationship can occur around that? One thing and another thing. Well, it's either we, we ignore it, or we acquire it, or we push it away, or we think about it, or we compare it with another thing. That's the, the an object relationship. Mm. Now, subjective relationships are just being touched by, being affected by, being pleased by, being even being mystified by. We we sense that the, the the important feature is the relationship. relational quality so if we have the the triad of the subject the object and the consciousness the relationship between the two we say well let the object just be don't know the subject be mm, don't know but the relationship yes this can be Amplified, can be purified, can be lifted, can be gladdened, can be, yeah, let's, yeah, let's. And within that, the what we touch becomes, has a certain luminosity to it. The quality of mind has a certain luminosity to it. Because it's the puja relationship actually gladdens and brightens our hearts. So in a way we are eventually lifting and raising ourselves, our subjectivity within that. In praising Buddha, we are also praising this citta, this resonant heart. I say praising, I'm not saying giving it grades. <laughs> you know, it's better than this one or that one. It's just a sense of a lifting and a uh, appreciation of the quality of citta, of heart. And to uh, deepen and and make use of that, um, 
certain quality of the rising heart is sadha, aspiration. Mm. Comes a sense of uh, mm, confidence. Mm. One has trust, there's a rising of the heart. Uh, there's an energy that's, that's kindled, a certain brightening, quickening of intention. I don't feel hopeless or stagnant, a sense of a rising of motivation to specifically apply. What is there to be specifically applied to? Uh, framing up. What is this experience, being human, in essence, fundamentally, universally, whatever our personal stories are, what is the quality, primary quality of being here? There's consciousness, feeling, and the sense of being present. As we say, this presence is the is the embodiment. It has a sort of location, and yet the location is not uh, geographical. It's uh, a sense of here-ness. And there's a, a kind of a solidity and a groundedness in that. This is embodiment as distinct from body, though the two are not entirely separate. But this isn't the notional body that we can carry around in our heads, we see in our mirrors, we have photographs of, that we kind of carry as a background impression of, oh, this is my body. Well... That's a visual presentation. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a visual presentation. But when I look at that, I don't see any liver, I don't see any kidneys, I don't see any nerves, so where are they gone? It's a very sketchy and superficial and really rather limited presentation of body, isn't it? This is the one that gets, of course, all the headlines and the big attentions because that is the one that other people see and that's concern there's concern around that you know, a lot of stuff goes down around what these things look like from the outside skin color size shape textures you know a lot of stuff happens around that um, not that much of it is really very good really so there is that and this can be there's quite a lot of almost trauma around that experience anxiety, nervousness uh, how am I being seen and certainly you know your skin colour big deal around what so this visual appearance can be deeply problematic and at any rate it's extremely superficial 
So even though we kind of half, we're not obviously not seeing our bodies, but that kind of primary impression could be in the back of the mind. There's this body and it is being seen. And how is that? What is being seen? And so we even sort of hold that, that impression, that visual impression. And, you know, but for now, you know, we can also say, let's, once we acknowledge that, you know, the impression of the seen body, with, with its, you know, his elbows, shoulders, ears, and so forth, just put that to one side, acknowledge it. What does the body feel like in itself? How, do you, how does the body know it's here? That's the important one. That's presence. And there's a resonance in that. Because as we sense it, we feel it. And at first thought it may be cloudy, foggy, shaky. And yet something is known that this is the real home. This is the one we've come into when it was just the single cell. This is what we came into. This. Yeah. And it hasn't got a shape. but it has a distinct texture and a responsiveness and a sensitivity and a painfulness and a, sometimes a brokenness. And, uh, yeah. But essentially there's also a primary health and vitality in that, otherwise we would not be here. We are alive. We came into this. What is that? Can you sense that? The vitality, however diminished it is, there is that. Otherwise we would not be here. There would be no here for us. And that here is much more than a notion. If we turn to it, if we give deep attention to it, if we frame it up with sati, with mindfulness, if there can be a collecting in that, that here becomes extremely satisfying, uh, strong, grounded, uh, source of comfort and ease. This is the body to cultivate. And we have a lifetime for that. Doesn't matter, you're here, does not age. And with that quality of, of uh, presence, the heart has a foundation. It's no longer so lost, distracted, seeking conceptual answers, uh, trying to find solutions in the future, in juggling conceptual realities to make life fit. And jitta finds home. And through that, its natural quality of radiance, lovingness, empathy comes forth because that's its natural state when it's not freaked out, groundless, anxious, lost. As you know, you don't have to do this, it's the jitter's nature. 
when it's at home. And our daily and moment-by-moment responsibility to this citta. We came here. We were born here. We came alive here. Our responsibility is to, you know, treasure and stay, stay with that. For our freedom, our liberation, for our welfare and for the welfare of others. It's coming to presence. This is what we do. The rest of it begins to unfold naturally. How do you come into presence? Well, you know, first of all we start with just sensations. We start with opening, with steadying the body. Doesn't matter. Your eyes are open, your eyes are closed, you're standing, you're sitting, it doesn't matter. That's Those are details. Get the sensations lined up so that we have something uh, completeness to the body, the legs, the feet, the knees, just sweep around the back, the upright. First of all, the ground. You know, the ground, which is a given. Now, we say the obvious feature of the ground is just the sense of the pressure of your body on the floor. That's the sensation ground. <clears throat> and if you stay with that and keep giving attention to it, uh, the somatic ground arises, that is, it's a sense of feeling grounded, or feeling a kind of quality of security, safety, and extending that. Get the sensations, get the message, the unspoken, the non-sensation, a certain sense of of basic firmness, basic groundedness. Can that, as you touch into that, can we acknowledge there's also an upright uh, energy, or, which again is our nature as humans? The spine, the spinal axis, the trunk rising. The balancing, so the body uh, find the shoulders above the pelvis, the head in line. Just building, growing the upright from the base through the torso, the neck, and the head, and even above the head. And you trace that. When the upright is established, then the breathing becomes more apparent. Because your body is, is open and composed, and then the breathing is no longer shallow, and it's also not forced, it's involuntary. The upright body, the breathing descends into the belly, it opens, it rises through the chest, it flushes the skin. It's a constant <clears throat> former. It's an informer. It uh, begins to suffuse the entirety of the of the embodied form, the embodied experience. This takes time. 
Again, you can start just tracking sensation <clears throat> in the belly, sensations in the chest, in the nose, the back of the head, or behind the nose, wherever you can track sensation. But really try to get the sense of a continuity of that. And something you can manage to do. Something that there's still, it has to be within that the quality of the given rather than the done. There's a certain doing which is to establish attention, to, to establish a focus, but the primary quality of the given must be experienced in order therefore to be that sense of of truthfulness and joyfulness. The joy of it's given to you. It rises through. This is not an exercise to get good at or to try to achieve because those qualities are not given. Those are delayed in time. They they are something we can perhaps get to. Well, yeah, maybe. But where's the given? If we don't get the given, we're not nourished by that, that faith and that right energy. We're just trying to make it work. And there we are back in the box again. It. Work. (laughs) And in receiving the gift, there's a subsiding of the it and the work. There's another suggestion, yeah. If you like, just as a memo, if you're looking at uh, how does this, what's this, what do I do? Well, you know, just first of all, getting the ground and the upright, and let let the breathing come to you. So first of all, it must be experienced as a gift. And if it doesn't get given, well, well okay, another day doesn't matter you wait till it's a gift and stay in what is given this embodiment feel it out appreciate get grounded in it get comfortable in it that's been given already and what what next what will unfold in this given oh when i stop reaching out and I stop trying to make it work. Oh, oh, there's that. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's something moving there. And then we ah, frame it up. How is that for you? terms of, say, using the palette 
of the, of the elements, earthy, warm, flowing, moving, light, using those perceptual colors to try to bond more thoroughly to to the experience of being here, breathing in, breathing out. This puja is the giving and the celebration of what is given something sacred. There'll be one just coming up. This will be the sound of a bell. And there'll be one more then this morning, later on. Uh, this early morning, later on. When you hear the sound of the bell, you can just hear the sound of the bell. Mm-hmm. Sounding. Check how you're sitting. And return to your what you were doing. Uh, you know, or being with. Mm-hmm. It also means you sense, oh, okay, it's... Think it would be good to stand or walk. So it's a kind of head uh, up periscope, as it were, moment, which you can. How's it going? You open your eyes, freshen up, loosen the boundaries of attention, and re-establish. If you're feeling comfortable, just just hear the sound of the bell, mm-hmm, and stay in your frame of reference. If you have that moment to check, your frames of reference are not steady. Uh, what's necessary here? What's helpful here? It could be just checking your posture. It could be standing. It could be walking. Um, so that, that's what these little sounds will be about. <laughs> 